We've been talking about gifts a lot this month, and uh, you see on the screen there a picture of the Christmas tree at our house. How many of you have packages underneath your tree right now at home? Any of you? Anybody's situation looks similar to that? Gifts are a big part of Christmas. When I was over at Don's house earlier this morning, Marsha's little dog was wearing a scarf she had made him for Christmas this week, and... Um, Gifts are just our way of saying we care, right? Our way of saying we love you and you're important to us and and uh, we, we value. Now, the, the picture you see on the wall, Melissa and I decided this year the gift that we wanted to give ourselves and our family, our primary gift was was a family photograph. So before Jacqueline and Evan went back to Italy and his Air Force duties over there, got the family together and had a photographer come out to the house and we had a family picture made and we had a lot of those produced and made them available to everybody. But uh, that's in our living room because the people that we enjoy giving gifts to most are whom? Those are family, those that are closest to us, right? And, and it's just our way of saying, man, we love you. And that's why even though Christmas is about Jesus, Christmas is also for most of us about family. It's about those relationships that matter most. And I think God smiles on that because, as I've said, every Sunday this month in this sermon series, gift-giving started with God. It started when God created the world. It started when God created us. It started that first Christmas when he sent Jesus. Remember, let's just do that verse again, John 3.16, because that's the best verse to describe the message of Christmas. John 3.16, say it with me. God's soul... Amen. God is a giving God. Aren't you thankful God loves you and gives you Jesus? That's what Christmas is about. So I invite you to open your Bible to Matthew 2 as we wrap up this sermon series called What Will You Bring? Because we're looking at the story of the Magi who came from the east to worship the infant king, Jesus Christ. And you'll remember they, uh, they had traveled a long ways and when they arrived, they went into the house where Jesus was now staying with his parents. And when they saw him, they fell on the ground and presented gifts. Look at verse 11 again. This is our theme verse this month. And after coming into the house, they saw the Christ with Mary, his mother. And they fell to the ground and worshiped him. And then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we've said gold because that's what is associated with royalty, and Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, correct? And uh, frankincense, a perfume that was often burned as incense in worship. Jesus is God, and he's worthy of our absolute worship. And myrrh, an ointment that was used to prepare a body for burial, because Jesus himself said that he was born to die. He came into this world, why? To give his life as a ransom for us. And so we've been talking about things that you and I as believers, as those who love the Lord and are following Jesus, can bring to Him. And the very first week, I went ahead and addressed the the subject that's the most sensitive, it seems, and that's money. Because I can't give Jesus my heart and life without also giving giving Him my wallet, my checkbook, my bank account, and every financial resource that's a part of my life. To hold that separate from me when I give myself to Jesus is hypocrisy. If I give myself to Him... I give him my money as well. 
cut and dried, pure and simple. He gets all of me when I give myself to him. And so we talked about giving our money to Jesus as a gift. And then last week we talked about our time. How time is a gift from God. Your years, days, months, seconds, those are God's gift. And if anything, this morning's tragedy should remind us of that. Time is a gift from God. Don't waste it. None of us know how much we have. And it's best lived when you give it back to God. When Remember last week taking that package and said, Jesus, here it is. Here's my time. Here's my life. Here's my years. Here's my moments. I give them back to you. Now you tell me what to do with them because they belong to you, not me. This morning I want us to focus on something different, a gift that we can bring Jesus as believers. And it's our skills, our abilities, our talents. Bring them to Jesus and put them to use serving Him. Put them to use serving Jesus. It is amazing how many believers do not use their talents to serve Jesus. How many believers do not use their skills and their abilities to make a difference in the kingdom for King Jesus, for their Savior, for their Lord. Now, all of us have skills and talents. In church, we often talk about spiritual gifts. And one of the problems is this. When we think about gifts and using them for Jesus at church, we tend to think about the, let me just, you know what I mean by this, the quote-unquote the big gifts, the quote-unquote the public gifts, you know, those who could sing pretty, those of us who can talk, whether it's to preach or to teach, those who have certain leadership skills. And, and, and we look at those and we say, yeah, they have those skill sets and talents and they need to use them for Jesus, even though not everybody in the church, church who sings and, and has leadership abilities and so on can use those for Jesus. But a lot do. And thank God for those who do. But the Bible talks about skills that, that, that are far beyond. So much more. It's not just those kind of things. I mean, when you read Scripture... It talks about gifts of administration. The Bible talks about the gift of encouragement, or it's called exhortation. There are some people who just have this unusual capacity to encourage other people. And God says if you have that, you need to be intentional in using that to bless His church, His people, His kingdom. The Bible talks about faith. Now, all of us as believers have faith, but some people have this extraordinary faith, and God says use that. Use that special gift of faith to make a difference. Mercy. Now, some of you, some of you are like my wife. You just ooze mercy. Others of you are like me. You have to dig deep and find it, right? I mean, we're all wired differently. We're all created differently. God gives us different gifts, correct? But those of you who have the gift of mercy, God says, that's how I shaped you Do something with it. Do something with it that makes a difference in other people's life, that makes a difference in the kingdom. The Bible even says that while all of us are servants of Jesus and we're all to serve, some of us have the spiritual gift of serving, that there are some people who are just really gifted at going that extra mile and serving. That's how God puts you together. Hospitality is a gift that's mentioned in Scripture. There are some of you who are just really gifted at hosting people, at entertaining people, at, at, at welcoming and gathering people together. Use that for the kingdom. 
The Bible even talks about giving being a spiritual gift. That Yes, all of us give, but some people have this special ability to give, and the Bible says you're to do it with great generosity. And then one gift that I don't think the church could function without is the gift of, of helps. Helps is those people who do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that just makes stuff happen, and without it, much of what we do would never happen. For instance, and there's some of them in this room. I see Bob and a few others out here. We've got people who show up almost every Friday over in our church office, and they get your bulletin ready. They stuff it. You help with that, don't you, Bob? Don't you do that? Anybody else in here help with that from time to time? It's just it's just a small group. But uh, what you're holding in your hand with that insert and that information they put that together for you every Friday. That's the gift of helps behind the scenes, but it makes things happen around here. We've got what we jokingly call the do crew. Where's Jimmy? Jimmy, watch you in here. Tommy, where's Jimmy and Tommy? Are they back there somewhere? Are they hiding? Are they in the kitchen drinking coffee? Where are they at? I shouldn't say that. I mean, we just have little, you know, construction projects, repair projects. To Any of you ladies have a to-do list for your husband at home? Well, Tommy and Jimmy take care of a lot of our to-do list around the church. All right? That's the gift of helps. That's serving, and it makes a difference. As uh, most of you know, periodically we have dinner with the pastor. Nice meal, and our guests get to meet me and my wife and some of our staff and spend about 30, 45 minutes doing, doing Q&A with them. And a lot of people who join our church now join through dinner with a pastor. We have, we have people who show up. And we, do, like we have one uh, about a month ago on Sunday night. We have volunteers who come, and they help get the meal ready. And then uh, they, they serve the meal, and they clean up afterward. And without them doing that, the gift of help, serving, I couldn't do Dinner with a pastor, which right now, about 50% of the people who join our church join through dinner with a pastor. And that behind-the-scenes gift of helps, of serving like that, makes all of that possible. My business luncheons. I had about 260 people from our community in here on the first Wednesday of December. I do a quarterly business luncheon. And about half of the people who attend that, or a little over, actually about two-thirds don't come to our church, and about a third of them don't go to any church. And I get to share a practical presentation from Scripture to the people in our business community. Well, we've got all those volunteers who set up the, decorate the tables and they help serve the tea and all that. And then they clean up afterward and get things ready for Wednesday night because I always do that. Luncheon on a Wednesday because most of the clubs in, the, in, in Rock Hill meet on Thursday and Tuesday and I avoid those days. And what I'm trying to do is just give you an, an, an idea that there's a lot of things we do that could not happen if it were not for people serving and using the gift of helps. And by the way, uh, did somebody shake your hand when you came in the building this morning? Hmm? All right, two of you had that happen. How many of you had somebody shake your hand when you came in the building this morning? Raise your hands. How many of you have a bulletin? Now, by the way, with the new church app, you can you can just punch it on your phone and and you know and, and read it, and you don't need a paper copy if you want that in the future. But ushers, ushers, and uh, I was asking Danny this morning, Danny Armstrong, about his dad Dan, because Dan was an usher for years. He's in heaven now. I don't know if they've got ushers in heaven. I guess Dan will be there with a few other people we know from this church. 
and Danny's been doing it for years, and you know he's got little Morgan back there training him all these Sundays, right? David Fudge, David, are you in the kitchen or are you in here? Where you at, David? They're hiding from me back there. These guys getting embarrassed. David, he's been doing this a long, long time too. Ushering guys out in the parking lot when it's rainy, driving that little shuttle, you know, that that golf cart. Guys out there helping our guests park, greet our guests in the parking lot. All, all of that stuff, all of that stuff matters. And scripture, scripture makes it clear what God's looking for from us. Scripture makes it clear the attitude God expects us to have as believers. And uh, so I just want to remind us of some Bible verses. They'll be on the screen. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Let's, let's look at this one. Read this one with me, will you? It is required of stewards that one be found. Found what? Steward is the word for manager, that everything we have in life is God's, and we manage it for him, our service, our skills, our our time, our money, all of it is God's. And we manage it. We're stewards. We're servants using what belongs to God. So if you have the ability to, to you, you have the gift of hospitality, you're really good at, at entertaining people. You have the gift of speaking. You can teach and so on. You have the gift of singing. You have the gift of helps. You, you know how to do electrical work. You know how to do carpentry work. Whatever your skill sets, whatever your talents, whatever your gifts, they belong to God, not you. You manage them. You are a steward. And what God expects is that you be what? Trustworthy, faithful, dependable. Can God count on you to show up? Can God count on you to use what he's given you for his glory and to the advancement of of his kingdom are can God trust you with his stuff are you trustworthy or not Romans chapter 12 verses 6 through 8 let's look at look at uh, these verses let's let's read these together we'll do some unison reading this morning okay we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith. In other words, if you have the, the ability to, to, to speak and to declare God's truth, then do it in faith. Don't be bashful. There's nothing worse than a timid preacher. Don't have faith and declare the truth of God. God if God's given you that ability, then do it. Next verse. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. What, what, is, what is he saying? Whatever talent you have, do it. Whatever skills you have, use them. Don't let them, don't let them just waste away because you don't do anything with them. All of us know that if we have skills and we don't use them, what happens? They waste. We don't stay as sharp. You have to use something to keep it sharp. So use it. Next verse. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. God is saying, do your best. Do your best. Whatever your gift is now... Now, here's, here's, let me just sound a word of caution. 
Some Christians think that all right, I have this gift and this is natural to me. Why isn't everybody else like this? Some of us think that the way we are wired is the way everybody else is supposed to be wired. And so we criticize those who are wired differently than us. When you do that, you're criticizing God because God is the one who wired us all differently. God is the one who gave us different personalities. God is the one who gave us different gift mixes. God is the one who put us together differently. And when you expect everybody else to be like you, you're criticizing God for his decision to make people different than you. What God expects of you is to be the best you he made you to be. Use your skills, use your talents, use your gifts, and use them well to the best of your ability because God made you, you for a reason. All right, one last passage, 1 Peter chapter 4, two more verses. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Read with me, please. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God, these skills and gifts are an expression of God's grace. The word for spiritual gifts comes from the word spirit and grace, a combination. It is They are God's grace gifts to us. They are an expression of his love. So if you have talents and skills, that is one way God has shown you love, by giving you those skills. That's an expression of his love. And he says you're to use it to serve others. Serve him by serving others. Now, Verse 11, he said, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be what? So let me ask you, are you using your skills in a way that you are bringing glory to Jesus? Your skill sets, your abilities, your talents, are you bringing praise to Jesus by how you're using them? Now, the truth is we don't always, none of us are always perfect at doing that, are we? In fact, sometimes, and, and, and some people, some people, when it comes to service, they're more like this guy that I'd like you to watch here on the screen. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm on my way to church. Yeah. I didn't even bring my Bible. I don't worry about it. I've got it on my palm, actually. No, I haven't read it in a while, but I, I just download it, and then I just look up the... The scriptures while he's talking sometimes. Sometimes I play bejeweled. All right, buddy, come on. Push through. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead, really. I'll just sit here at the stop sign and wait for you. The last shall be first. I'm going to heaven. Where are you going? I bet you don't even know. You don't even know where you're going. That's what's sad. You don't even know. You have no clue. I know where I'm going. I'm going to church. Hey, honey. Are you feeling any better? I just got to the church. Um, I think I'm supposed to usher this weekend. I'm not really sure. Yeah, well, you got to serve sometime. <laughs> it beats doing kids' church. <laughs> I, I like kids. <laughs> Aren't you thankful not everybody in this church thinks like that? But you know what? There are some of us who do. There are some of us when it comes to serving that don't necessarily take it a whole lot more seriously than he did. And God says, do your best. Be trustworthy. Don't be like that. Now, 
Let me start pulling some of this together. We've been talking each Sunday about different motivations, different reasons to serve. And this morning, the one I want to mention is this. We, we bring the gift of service to our Lord because people need it. People need what we have. People need our skill sets. They, they need the blessing that we can be to them. Remember, even, even Jesus said that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And the world is always a better place when you take your skills and go the extra mile for the benefit of someone else. Recently, I read about uh, Major Sean Faulkner, who's an army in the National Guard. He was stationed in Afghanistan and wanted to do something special for his wife's birthday. They live in Jacksonville, Florida, and she loves mellow mushroom pizza. So from Afghanistan, this army major contacted corporate headquarters and asked them to have their local franchise deliver to his wife on her birthday a pizza and a $50 gift card. Well, the local franchise went beyond. On her birthday, they delivered her a pizza, but it was in the shape of a heart. On it was pepperonis cut in the shape of hearts. They had the $50 gift card, but they also gave her balloons and flowers and did it all for free. See, sometimes going that extra step with what you can do, with who you are, blesses other people. And is, is that ever a bad thing? Huh? Is that, is that ever a... Has anybody ever done anything like that for you? And I'm not talking about pizza and flowers. But has anybody ever gone a little bit extra for you? Do, do you ever go a little bit extra for someone else? See, people need who you are, what you are, and it makes a difference in their life. And each, each Sunday we've been talking about what we, how, how we benefit from serving the Lord, how we benefit from bringing gifts to the Lord because that's, that's not the primary motivation for us to do it, but we do receive benefits. And, and one of the benefits of serving the Lord and serving His people and serving people in this world is that there's actually people out there who appreciate it, okay? Now, maybe not everybody you love and everyone you minister to and everyone you serve will appreciate it, but most people do. And here's something. God appreciates it. Does God expect us to serve? Absolutely. Does God hold us accountable? Absolutely. But it's also true that God appreciates it. Those of you who are parents and grandparents, do you, do you have expectations of your kids and grandkids? Do you? Do you have expectations? If you're a good parent, you do. Yeah, you do. But when your kids do something good, do you also appreciate it? Are you also thankful? So what do you think God is different? God appreciates it. God is thankful. God is glad when we do well, when we serve Him, when we use what He's given us to make a difference in this world in people's lives. I remember uh, some years ago, a lady who for years was the executive assistant to the uh, to the executive for our state convention, she she was dying, and and I remember writing her a letter. 
I'd known her for probably 20 years, and I, I wrote her a letter, and I, I used this verse from Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. I think I've got it on the screen. Is the, is, is the verse in the slides, guys? Yeah, there it is. Look at that verse. I love that verse. God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. And I just wanted to encourage her that, yeah, we had noticed all her faithful service over those years to our convention, but that when she got to heaven, God would know all she'd done as well. And God, God pays attention. God's aware of. God doesn't forget when we are found trustworthy, when we are faithful. In fact, Jesus said that some on the judgment day are going to hear him say to them what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Will you be one of those? Will you hear well done because you took your skills and talents and abilities and you put them to use faithfully to the best of your ability, kept them sharp, And you did stuff in Jesus' name to bless the church, to bless his people, to bless this world, to bless lost people. Will God say to you, well done? See, God appreciates it when we are faithful, when we serve him. He notices. And then as I wrap it up, the last thing I want to say is this. We've been talking about how it makes a difference, how it makes a difference in other people's lives. But I'm going to say something else this morning. Doing all of this, it makes a difference in this church. One of the saddest words preachers hear from members of their own congregation is when, when, when people talk, well, you know, the church ought to. It's one of the saddest things any preacher ever hears anybody say, well, the church ought to. Because that makes it like here's this big, ambivalent, here's this big ambiguous church, this, this something, this, you know, church ought to. They ought to. They ought to. The church ought to. They ought to. What's God asking you to do? Because the church is not they. The church is you. The church is you. What would happen if each and every one of us in this church, now just, just think with me for a moment. What would happen if each and every one of us stopped serving? What would happen if each and every one of us said, you know, I've taken my turn. Let somebody else do it. It's their turn. What would happen at First Baptist if every, every usher said, I'm not ushering anymore? What would happen at First Baptist if everybody working up there in the media booth, running sound and lights and so on, said, hey, did my time. No more. What would happen in this church if every musician, every singer said, hey, no more. I'm going to be like everybody else. I'm going to sit out here and just enjoy If every Sunday school teacher, every discipleship, spiritual growth class teacher, every every teacher on Tuesday morning at the women's, every teacher, you know, I've taught enough. 
I'm going to retire. Somebody else can do it. What, what would happen if each and every person who works with our children's choirs or GAs or RAs said, you know, I'm done. I'm going to let somebody else do that. What would happen? What would happen to this church if everybody just showed up and sat down in the chairs and waited for somebody to do everything? What would happen? Then why are some of you doing that very thing? Some of you who claim Jesus as your Lord, claim Jesus as your Savior, claim Jesus as your best friend, claim Jesus as your master, do nothing to serve and help this church be a church. What if everybody just said, I'm going to sit and let everybody else take care of me? What would happen? Well, I want to, I'm out of time, so I want to wrap this up. And I want to do, I want to do it this way. I want to challenge each and every one of us. Not only to bring God, to bring Jesus the gift of our money and bring Jesus the gift of our time and bring Jesus the gift of using our skills to serve him and people. I, I, want, to, I want to challenge us because, listen, there is one thing that each and every one of us in this room can do to serve Jesus and serve people. Listen, there is something that each and every one of us in this room, from me to you, each and every one of us in this room can do each and every Sunday morning that will make a difference. Do you know what it is? Well, it's illustrated in the Jim Carrey movie from about 12, 13 years ago, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Just watch this scene, and then I'll give the invitation. Turn the volume up loud. And now the nominations for that who among us who best typifies the qualities of Hoodum and Hooderee, the Whoville Holiday Cheermeister. Do I hear a nomination? I nominate the Grinch! My, 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 what an altruistic daughter you have there, Lou. Thank you. Cindy? Let me uh, quote a verse from the book of Who. Thank you. Ah, the term Grinchy shall apply when Christmas spirit is in short Supply. Now I ask you, does that sound like our holiday cheermeister? True, Mr. Mayhew, but the Book of Who says this too. No matter how different a Who may appear, he will always be welcome with holiday cheer. Well, yes, but the, the uh, book also says the, uh, the award cannot go to 
to the Grinch because sometimes uh, things get uh, led by cinch. You made that up. It doesn't say that. Oh, no, 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 it does. <gasps> what page? Ah, uh, oops. I lost my, uh, my, my place, but it's, <clears throat> it's, it's in here. But the book does say the cheermeister is the one who deserves a back slap or a toast. And it goes to the soul at Christmas who needs it most. And I believe that soul is the Grinch. And if you're the who's I hope you are, you will too. She's right. <laughs> I, um, I love that quote from Cindy Lou. No matter how different a who may appear, he will always be welcome with holiday cheer. No matter how different a who may appear, he will always be welcome with holiday cheer. Did you go out of your way to welcome somebody you didn't know this morning? Did you go out of your way to welcome someone you have some misgivings about? Did you go out of your way to welcome anyone this morning whose appearance you just didn't like? Do you think Jesus would? Then why don't you? See, the one thing that all of us can do to serve Jesus that will make a difference in people's life, lives is every Sunday in 2014, don't, don't, don't allow one single Sunday this coming year to pass without you going out of your way to serve somebody, somebody new, somebody different, somebody odd, somebody whose appearance you have a problem with. In the name of Jesus, because he loves them, and you should too. Now, you tell me one person in this church that cannot do that. Who in here does not have the ability to welcome people? To welcome people. And not judge them, but to welcome them. As I conclude this, ser this sermon series of, of what we can bring to Jesus, I think 2014 could be a great year in this church if each and every person in this room said, every Sunday, I will do that. I'll go out of my way to find people to welcome because that's what my Jesus would do. And if you can't do that, let me be a prophet for just a moment. If you can't do that, you need to get on your face before God and find out why you can't. Because something's wrong. Something's wrong in you if you can't do that. Let's stand.
as we sing this hymn of invitation, you respond as the Holy Spirit is leading to come to the front, to sit in one of these chairs, to kneel here at the steps or on the floor and talk to Jesus, to join this church, to request baptism, or to give your heart to Christ. Let's sing together. You come right now.